Well, welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program today. God bless you. I'm glad that you have uh, partnered with us uh, concerning the study of the Word of God. We are in Hebrews chapter 8. We're going to back up a few verses into chapter 7. But uh, my, 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 this study has been a tremendous study in the book of Hebrews. And if you have listened in on all of the sessions, I know that you're being blessed by God because of his word. Amen. And the revelation that comes of his word through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're so thankful today, so thankful that we have a God and we have a Savior and his name is Jesus. Praise God. But before we get into our study today, I want us to hear from the psalmist. Notice, notice what he says. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart, and I will tell of all your marvelous works, and I will be glad and rejoice in you, and I will sing to your name, O Most High. And then John recorded this in the book of Revelation. He says, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. And once again, Isaiah that great vision he had of the throne of God and the living creatures who said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Praise God. And then once again, the psalmist who says, Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Let's go ahead and do that. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful today. We praise you with a whole heart, Lord. Hallelujah. And with our mouth, we sing praise unto you. Praise God. So, Lord, we just ask you, Father, enlighten us. Open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things in thy word. And, Father, we'll give you all the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. In the book of Hebrews, in the last three chapters, chapters 5, 6, and 7, we've been looking at Paul's ex exhortation concerning uh, the high priestly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and how his pre high priestly ministry has superseded that of the ministry and the priesthood of Aaron uh, that was proscribed in the law of Moses and how that Jesus, his ministry is much higher than that ministry. And also we have begun to see through our identification uh, with Christ Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection, we have begun to see ourselves also as part of that high priestly ministry. So uh, what we want to do is we want to back up a few verses uh, to Hebrews chapter 7. We'll begin in verse 25, and then we'll go forward. Notice Paul writes, and he says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost, that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth, to make intercession for them. Now, I want you to notice some things about the eternal aspect of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and how that we being grafted in uh, to the vine, Jesus being the vine, we being the branches, we also uh, have received an eternal aspect in Christ Jesus concerning the kingdom of God and also the eternity that we're going to enjoy uh, with uh, God as part of the family of God. But notice what the Apostle Paul here writes. He says, wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost. Notice the word uttermost. That word means perpetuity. It means an endless life. 
because Christ has an endless life and because he has an endless ministry, all of us who have received him as Savior and Lord, now we have entered into that same type of endless life and endless ministry. Amen. Our identification in the kingdom of God with Christ Jesus, praise God, has ensured us that we have forever entered into a uh, into the kingdom of God as being priests of God after the order of our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, we need to grasp and understand who we are in Christ Jesus, that perfect identification that we have in him through his death, burial, and resurrection. We have been made a new man, a new Adam, praise God. And it's been done through the sacrifice of Christ, through his resurrection, and now him seating at the right hand of the throne of God, ever interceding for us as our great high priest. Praise God. Hallelujah. No wonder Paul said, for he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Praise God. This is, this is the implications behind uh, Paul's writing in the last three chapters now and, and also in, in uh, chapter 8 of the book of Hebrews. The fact that we are in him. Christ is in God. We are in Christ, praise God. And we're part of this great, great family called the family of God. Amen. Verse 27, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the sins of the peoples. For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law makes men high priests which have infirmity but the word of the oath, which was since the law, makes the son who is consecrated forevermore. Once again, I want us to see ourselves in Christ. If Christ has been consecrated forevermore, then you and I who have been grafted into him have been consecrated forevermore. Amen. Christ, he doesn't need to offer daily animal sacrifices as the uh, priests after the order of Levi did to cover their own sins and then for the sins of the people. No, he finished all of that. All of that has been fulfilled in the fact that his offering of for sin was done once. His sacrifice done once and for all. When he sacrificed himself on the cross, amen, that finished the old covenant and now being a great high priest, he now is the one who represents before us the new covenant. Praise God. Amen. Amen. The, uh, the old system contained priests. They were weak and they were sinful men. They, couldn't, they could not stop from doing wrong. They had to continually offer sacrifice first for themselves and then for the sins of the people. But now we have a great high priest. He went into the veil one time. Amen. His sacrifice was an eternal sacrifice. Once for all, praise God. And now he's the son forever. He's been perfect. He is perfect. His plan is perfect. 
It's been perfected, praise God. He was made perfect in that plan when he cried out on the cross and said, it is finished. Amen. The plan was perfected. You and I, through faith in him, enter into that plan. And so we're entering into that same type of perfection. Praise God. And that's the only way. The plan of redemption in Christ Jesus is the only way that we could fulfill that which he said back in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 48 when he said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. It's the only way through Christ that we can ever, ever uh, uh, come to that place, ever attain to that place, not by our own effort, but by what Jesus did and us by faith entering into that work uh, of Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection. Praise God. Notice something that uh, that uh, Paul wrote in back in the verse 26. Notice this once again. For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. Do you see yourself in that verse in Christ Jesus? This is what he's brought us to. Praise God. We are coming to that place where we are holy and harmless and undefiled and separate from sinners and also being made higher than the heavens. Praise God. <laughs> oh, we've been raised up. We've been made to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus right next to the father. Praise God. Oh, I tell you, we have an inheritance in Christ Jesus. Amen. Woo! glory to God. Notice what Paul wrote to the Colossians in chapter 2, verse 10. He says, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. The Amplified Version says this, and you are in him made full and having come to fullness of life. In Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. That's what we're coming to. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what we're coming to. We are coming to perfection. We're not perfect yet, but we're reaching on towards that. Praise God. Woo. This is part of our inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right. So now we come to Hebrews chapter eight. Notice verse one says, now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum, the summation of the last three chapters concerning the high priestly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and what we have entered into through faith in him. This is the sum. Amen. Notice, he says, we have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. We already know that. Amen. He's the high priest of our profession. He is set down. Notice that he is set down at the right hand. Why? Because his work is done. Amen. He sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is he that breathed. Amen. That came upon the 120 in the upper room. Now that 120 has multiplied into millions upon millions upon millions. And we're covered all over the earth. Calling sons and daughters out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise God. Well, there's much work to be done, but we're doing it. How are we doing it? We're doing it in Christ Jesus through the power of the Holy Ghost. Look at verse two, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. Notice he says, 
a minister of the sanctuary. Now, the indefinite article, you'll not find it in the Greek. In the absence of the definite article, for ease of translation, the translators put a in there. A minister of the sanctuary. Well, what does that imply? Well, it implies this, that if Christ is a minister of the sanctuary, then that means there's got to be more than one minister. Amen. Well, who are they? Well, (laughs) praise God. They're the true believers. Amen. Hallelujah. That are fellows, heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, fellow ministers of the true sanctuary. Praise God. Amen. I tell you. And then he and then verse two, it says, which the Lord pitched and not man. You have entered into an eternal priesthood, brother and sister. You have entered into something that is God and God alone. Praise God. Amen. Like we used to say back in the CB world, wall to wall and treetop tall. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. We're in a God thing. We're not in a man thing. We're in a God thing. The church is a God thing. It's not a man thing. Now, I know that man has made something out of church that is not of God. But I tell you, there is the true priesthood of believers, and that's every born-again, blood-washed saint of God that has been separated and sanctified in Him, praise God, and is going on from glory to glory. Amen, amen, amen. Verse 3, For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, wherefore it is of necessity that this man also have somewhat to offer. Amen. Every high priest appointed to what? To offer gifts and sacrifices. Well, then that means that Christ had something to offer too. Now it says in verse 4, For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. If the priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ was on this earth, then he would must, he must have come through, through the tribe of Levi. He had to, but he, he didn't. He come through the, through the tribe of Judah, which is praise. See, his priesthood transcends the priesthood of Aaron and that of uh, Moses that was prescribed in the law. Amen. Well, what did he offer? He offered himself. Look at verse 5. Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, he that thou make all things according to the pow- to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. So what is Paul saying here? That the priesthood of Aaron was just a shadow of that which is to come. Amen. That's what the old covenant was. A shadow of that which is to come. Amen. And like one old preacher said, my Lord, if we can dance in the shadow, how much more can we dance in the light? Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So the old covenant served as a copy. The old priesthood served as a copy of the heavenly priesthood. Notice the NIV says this. They serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. Amen. Of what is in heaven. Amen. Just a copy. Well, we're not dancing in the copy. We're dancing in the light, in the reality. And that reality is Jesus. Praise God. But notice that Paul here is talking about the tabernacle. 
Well, I'm sure you have received teaching. If you haven't, then I'll go ahead and just outline shortly that the tabernacle is a perfect representation of the high priestly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Think about the outward tent or the outward tabernacle made of badger skins. What does that symbolize? Well, it symbolizes the humanity of Christ. Notice that the deity is inside of the humanity. Amen. The tabernacle serves as a type and a shadow of the infinite God man, that he was all man, but yet all God at the same time. Praise God. As a matter of fact, it was his divine nature cooperating with his human nature that enabled Jesus himself through his death, burial and resurrection to become uh, the uh, resurrected Christ. Praise God. Well, there's only one door in and out of that tabernacle, and that's from the east. And that door, that was, that's actually what the name of that entrance was. It was called the door. Well, Jesus said this, I'm the door. I'm the door. If any man enter in, praise God. He's got to come through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And once you come into that door, the first thing you come to is the bronze altar which represents the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And as we enter into him, that's where there at that bronze altar, that's where our sins come to a close. That's where that nature of sin is destroyed. Amen. And then beyond the bronze altar, we come to the labor. Well, the labor is a place of sanctification. Notice constant and continual washings. Amen. Well, the reason is you and I, we're not we're not in that perfect state yet, but we're approaching to that place of perfection. We are found perfect in Christ Jesus, but we still have the earthly flesh to deal with. Amen. So continual. Uh, Peter said it this way, continual refreshings that come from the presence of the Lord where he washes us. Play. Praise God. If we walk in the light as he is in the light. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us, a continual cleansing from all sin. Praise God. There is that continual sanctification. That's why I believe in the three works of grace. The first work of grace and salvation, the second work of grace and sanctification that God at the moment that we, he grants to us new birth, we are separated unto him. But that sanctification continues on throughout one's life. And because we have been separated, now we become candidates to receive the third work of grace, which is the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. So the outward tent, the bronze altar, the labor. So we enter, we come out of the outer court into the holy place. And we see the golden lampstand, which represents Christ as the light of life. And we see the table of showbread, which represents Christ as the bread of life. And then right there before we enter into the Holy of Holies is the altar of incense, which represents Christ as he, the one who ever lives to intercede for us. And isn't it interesting how that the altar of incense, that altar of prayer and worship, amen, is before the door, before we enter into the holy place, which contains the Ark of the Covenant, which is also called the Ark of His Presence, with the mercy seat of two angels, amen, where the Shekinah glory of God would come down upon, amen, that place of His presence, Hallelujah. And that's where you and I are. 
Oh, amen. Hallelujah. Well, in chapter eight here, we're talking about uh, the high priest. Amen. And we're talking about the tabernacle here is a perfect representation of the ministry, the high priestly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when we get over into chapter nine, we're also going to see how this tabernacle is a perfect representation of you and I in Christ Jesus. Woo, glory to God. But notice the seven elements of the tabernacle, seven being the number of, com- of perfection, being the number of completion. I tell you, brother and sister, you and I, we're complete in him. We might as well go ahead and enter into all of that means. We've been given an inheritance. Well, let's get into that inheritance. Let's begin to enjoy the fullness of the spirit. Let's do just exactly what the Apostle Paul said, to be constantly filled with the spirit, speaking to ourselves and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord, submitting to one another in the love of God. Praise God. This is God's intention for what the church is to be. So let's forget about the strife. Let's forget about the pride. Let's bury our pride. Let's embarrass it to death. Let's put on this uh, this coat, this cloak of humility. Let's love one another. Let's work together, praise God, for the salvation of souls to bring others that were born with an evil heart of unbelief. Let's pray them in. Let's preach them in. Let's allow God to, to work that amazing supernatural, special work of grace that brings men from an evil heart of unbelief into the full confession of faith in Christ. Jesus, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 The tremendous work that God desires to do in the hearts of men and women. Praise God. The same work that he did in your heart. He wants to do in your children's hearts and in your grandchildren's hearts and in your neighbor's hearts and in those in their in your community's hearts. Praise God. And he'll do that. Hallelujah. We have the Holy Spirit, the earnest of our inheritance to help us to do that. Praise God. All right. This last section in verses six through uh, 13, six through 13 uh, Paul now begins to talk about Jesus Christ and he is the initiator of a new and a better covenant. Notice verse six. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Amen. Christ, he's offered himself now upon the cross. He was buried. He was raised to life the third day. He ascended into heaven. He's now at the right hand of the majesty on high. He's serving now as the great high priest of our profession. He sent to us the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit now has become our comforter. He's become our guide. Amen. And through the new birth now, we have come into that new covenant, which Christ himself ratified and sealed with his own blood. And that's why we can cry out with the Apostle Paul, Christ in us, the hope of glory. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. Notice what Paul says now in verse seven, what he writes. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. The old covenant, it just served as a copy. 
It only brought men to the point where they recognized the fact that they're sinners. They, he, the old covenant brought men to that point. They could not go over that point. Just like Moses was brought to the promised land. And he could only go up to Mount Nebo and he could only look across and see the promised land, but he could not go in there himself. What a perfect picture of the old covenant that it brought us to that place where we could see over, but we, but men couldn't get there themselves. They had to cross the Jordan River, which is the perfect type of us being baptized. Amen. Crossing over into the new land called the land of the new birth. Praise God. Amen. For finding fault with them, he saith, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Praise the Lord. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. This is how I know and you and you and we we all should know that we can't please God with our own works. I don't care how many sacrifices we heap up. You know, we have some wonderful nonprofit organizations that do many wonderful things for children. But they're made up of men who don't know God. They're not born again. And so these wonderful organizations, these nonprofit organizations that do much good will never gain God's favor. He can't bless them. Why? Because it's not sanctified through the blood of Jesus. God doesn't have his hand upon these organizations because they're not of him. They're not of his son. That's why God blesses the church, because God's handiwork, the handiwork of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is all over the church. It's his hands that's holding the church up. It's his blood that has cleansed and sanctified the church. Oh, I tell you, aren't you glad that you're part of the church of the firstborn today? Praise God. Verse 10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind. I'll write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. How did that happen? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 tells us that for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Your righteousness is of him. My righteousness is of him. It's not by works of righteousness by which we are saved, but it's according to God's mercy that he poured out upon us through Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. And then Paul goes on in verse 11, he says, And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. See, this presents to us two pictures of our perfection in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is perfect. How do we know that? Because the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is found in Christ who is perfect. No, we're not perfect in ourselves, but we are perfect in him. Praise God. But this, this verse also presents another picture, and that is of the eternal state, which you and I are headed towards. That is when Christ has put down all rule and all authority and everything has been placed in subjection unto him as Lord of all. And then he takes that 
and he gives that back to the Father. There's coming a place where Jesus is going to take you, my brother, and take you, my sister, and he's going to present you to the Father. <laughs> Woohoo! Glory to God. Amen. And then what did Paul say? He says, then all will be all. And verse 12 and verse 13 says this. He says, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. I'll remember no more. And that he saith a new covenant. He hath made the first old now that which decayeth and waxes old is ready to vanish away, to disappear, to be abrogated in favor of what? Of this new covenant of you and I being in God in Christ Jesus and being made a priesthood of believers to offer up eternally sacrifices unto him. Paul said this, he said, Finally, brethren, farewell, be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. And not just with you, my brother, not just with you, my sister, but in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Father, we bless you today. We bless you today. We bless you today. We thank you today. And we ask the word of God to go forth. Lord, expand our heart, expand our thinking, expand our mind concerning these things. And we'll give you the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.